0: I don't like to just like throw money at something if you can't know what your starting point was and to see if there's not really measurable success. I mean, it's always great to have the feel good stories, but I think it's important to have that measurable success that you can prove your impact that you've had.
1: Welcome to episode 16 of Partner Up, your church school partnership podcast. Each week, we bring you practical tips and inspirational stories to help you in your church school partnership. Today, we're speaking with Suzanne Harder of Chapelwood United Methodist Church. Chapelwood has been serving schools in Spring Branch ISD for way longer than Lemming Houston has been around, and today we'll get to learn from some of their successes as well as some of their mistakes. So join me as we talk with Suzanne about leading and managing our volunteers well, empowering our congregation members to lead ministries that they love, partnering well with other partner organizations, and so much more. One story you'll get to hear is where partnering with a local organization allowed them to save money and make an even bigger impact. So join me as we talk with Suzanne. All right, Suzanne, the first question I want to ask is, what do you love about Houston?
0: Well, I've been in Houston since 1984, and what I love about Houston is its entrepreneurial spirit that I think that— Uh, anybody can come from anywhere and fit in in Houston and be able to make something of themselves that if you have an idea and a good idea and can put together a plan that there will be people that will support you there'll be people that will mentor you and help you and I've just seen that from when I was a youngster myself to today
1: are you an entrepreneur type yourself
0: not not me um, but my husband uh, okay. is, is and so we've just been able to see what kind of community it is and uh, uh, also I guess another thing it, that we've seen is how much Houston does give back what a charitable city it is and so that's where kind of I have fit in is what I've been able to do with uh, my adult life is really being able to give back but so many people do in this city and I think that it just makes Houston great. That's awesome.
1: And so how long have you been at Chapelwood now?
0: Well, I've been in Chapelwood for three years.
1: Oh, okay, that's yes. it.
0: Yeah, just three years. Wow. But I've been a member of Chapelwood for over 20 years. Okay. And so no I started off my life as a CPA. I actually worked for Continental Airlines uh, for a lot of years and then uh, when I had three kids, I decided to become a stay-at-home mom and was there with them for a lot of years but I was a big volunteer you know PTA president all of those things you know so I volunteered and uh, tutored and mentored in Spring Branch ISD uh, the whole time that uh, my children were growing up so I have already basically done what my job is now uh, for the last 25 years so, you know, since I actually left Continental. But uh, in this role of you know, director of serving ministries, it's just been three years.
1: Okay. I didn't realize that. And I guess, it I would guess that this is probably pretty different from being a CPA.
0: <laughs> it's different than being a CPA, but at the same time, uh, one of the functions that a lot of people don't like about like this kind of role is that you do have to keep track of numbers and spreadsheets and sit at your desk and do work and even though you love serving and so the good news is that I love numbers and I love spreadsheets so uh, I have uh, enjoyed that part of the job as well as serving so it, it actually is a great fit for me because of the two pieces that need to you need to have to be able to do this job. Got it.
1: So, this is like the best of both worlds your CPA, organizational (laughs) part,
0: and then the serving part. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, so, tell me a little bit about what Chapelwood does in the community. I know you guys do a ton. Um, so, specifically with schools, what are what so, you
0: know, So, Chapelwood, even though I've only been there three years, has had uh, relationships with a number of, of schools in Spring Branch ISD for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, we have had some very passionate women that over 20 years ago, looked at the school system and saw that all these bright kids that weren't going to college and so they created this program called collegiate challenge and this was a program for juniors and seniors that walked them through the whole college application process and helping to write their essays helping the families to do their financial aid packages and so i don't know if Anyone out there has had to fill out a FASA, and it is not easy. And so, if you can only speak Spanish, and you're supposed to be filling out this form, you know, using your you know 1040s and all of this other information, it's quite scary. And obviously, that is the you know the gatekeeper to getting financial aid. So, helping with that, and then in the spring is helping the kids apply for scholarship after scholarship. And so normally the kids will have received over a million dollars in scholarships uh, because of all the work that's been done. And so over the years, we've had various you know, valedictorians, student class presidents, all of those kinds of kids that probably would not have gone to college at all. Uh, one of my favorite stories is a couple of years ago, this young man was talking at our banquet. And he was saying that he and his mom, that lived were the only two in the family, and he was planning on going to work right after graduation. But he went to Collegiate Challenge, and they, um, you know, started talking to them about college. And he applied to Houston Baptist University and got a full ride. And so here he was going off to college, and it, he this had not even crossed his mind that you know he was just planning on you know, being eighteen years old and going directly into the workforce. So seeing those kinds of. Uh, kids and their stories over the last 20 years and so you know and then especially if that's the first in the family then it's easier for the second and third kid in the family so you know you just see the lives of these kids being changed and then the families and the trajectory of, of that family because they've now Gotten a college education, but that they had no idea how to do that. So that program started over twenty years ago, and it's at um, every high school now in in Spring Branch. Wow! So and it started at Northbrook. Well, it started with Chapelwood and Northbrook oh. High School, but it's at every school, and you know, it's a district-supported program. But, uh, you know, it's been, it's been around for a lot of years now. It, this is before any of these other college readiness. You know, now there's a, a lot of, you know, emerged and One Goal that are all great programs, and it's so exciting to see that these programs are helping so many more kids uh, get into college. But this was way back uh, before any of those other programs existed. So that's really exciting. That's amazing.
1: I didn't realize that it was from Chapelwood. I assumed it was a spring branch program that Chapelwood does, but I didn't realize it was the other way around. Yes, yeah, that
0: it started. It did start with a district employee that also was a Chapelwood employee. And uh, actually, both women at the time did work for the district and were Chapelwood uh, members. That's perfect. Uh, it's how it started, and then the one of those same women did start that what program that we call SWAP, which is Students with Amazing Potential, and oh, like th- that. that that they realized the same time that really they needed to catch these kids younger when they were in middle school, and so this is a Saturday program that meets once a month at Chapelwood and really teaches the kids different leadership skills, teaches them about different careers, just about college, because most of these kids have never really even thought about college. Uh, We do take a few field trips a year, usually one trip to some sort of museum. We've been to, last week we went to Space Center uh, Houston. We've been to Lone Star Flight Museum. Uh, In January, we're going to go to the Holocaust, excuse me, in February, we're going to the Holocaust Museum. In January, we're actually going to do a whole session on bullying at Chapelwood. And then February, we're going to do the Holocaust Museum. And then every year, we try to go to a two-year and four-year college. So the kids probably have never been on a college campus to kind of see that and all what happens there.
1: And what's the age group for a school? That's for
0: middle school. So sixth through eighth graders uh, do that program one Saturday a month. And so that we are celebrating our 22nd year of that program. And most of the mentors in that program are still the same mentors that it started with the singles ministry at Chapelwood. And so they're, they're still there uh, doing that. We've gotten some new mentors since then, but uh, we still have a core of about, Six or seven uh, men and women that have been doing this uh, for 22 years. That's amazing. Uh, meeting with the kids. And
1: I like students and, with amazing potential. I yes, like that. Yeah. Swap. A lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so, and then um, our next program is uh, that's also been going on for over 20 years. So that's why I say I've only been here three, but these programs have been just so successful for so many years. Is that. At um, Spring Branch Elementary School, we have done mentoring and tutoring there for all these years, and it, it's just been a great relationship there. And then we read to the little four-year-olds at Panda Path, and that, again, started by a church member close to 20 years ago. She, when When those centers first opened, she thought it would be great to read to these four-year-olds. So that program's been going on. And then for nine years, we've had the Branch in Richmond program, and that's an after-school uh, program that we um, pick up kids in buses from various elementary schools and bring them to our Campbell Road location and uh, do homework help and a Bible study and free time and snack. And then the parents pick the kids up at 6 o'clock. So those are our main programs that we have in the school system uh, that uh, is all have been started by uh, amazing uh, Chapelwood uh, members many years ago and uh, we just keep trying to improve it and trying to update it and keep the kids involved.
1: That's really cool. So it sounds like um, and I know you weren't there for the beginning of any of those, but it sounds like so different Chapelwood members find something that they're interested in and then they start something, how does that whole process work?
0: sometimes it might be the Chapelwood member was friends with the principal of that school. And they'll be like, Oh, this school needs some help. Can, can we you know, put something together and go help this school? And, and so, yes, that's, it just started with an idea that these different members had, and then coming to the, the serving ministry uh, who was there at the time and uh, putting in a place. And I mean, and these programs, uh, none of them are expensive. It's all about needing volunteers to to help with this process. So, if if you find the people that have that serving heart that want to work with kids, then you know this program can be a success. Cool.
1: So the person who's interested, they come to the serving ministry, which is you. And so, do you kind of empower the person to lead that ministry, or how does that relationship work?
0: Yes. Um, My job is to equip people to be lay leaders of an organization. It's not my job to to take over one of these ministries. Now, granted, I'm responsible for making sure they all run smoothly, but really, it's the lay leaders are the ones that are out there running this organization, uh, running this ministry, keeping it organized, and you know finding the volunteers. And I just am you know, trying to help them with what I can do, but I'm really trying to equip them to lead. That's cool. I really like that a lot because I can I feel like I
1: know Chapelwood is a huge church, but even in a smaller church, I feel like that model of equipping the congregation members to lead ministries and to find things that they're passionate about is a really cool model. So I'm just curious if you have any tips for a church leader, whether it's a pastor or a missions leader, how do you empower the people like to do it versus you having to be in control like how do you empower those
0: people? well i think it's kind of just the same way in you know in a business is really walking that volunteer through the process of you know they really need to have a business plan and how they're actually going to do this I mean because you know you can have a heart for doing something but if you don't have a solid plan behind it it's not going to be successful so that's where you know when we were talking earlier about you know me being a CPA is that you know you've got good-hearted people out there that want to help the world but don't have a clue on how to go about doing it and having it be a success. So that's where you really kind of got to have that organizational skill and that administration uh, skill. So that's where I see is that when someone has an idea, you know, kind of walking them through of what they need to do to present it to make sure that the program will be a success once it gets launched. The one word of caution I would say that you know, Chapelwood is a very large church and we do have a large number of volunteer opportunities and in some cases it, it's probably a little too much that you know everyone that did have a great idea they did all those years ago and so you know, the one caution I would say is that you know trying to focus on a specific area so if someone has one idea for elementary school A, and then someone has a different idea at elementary school B, you know, getting them to work together and, okay, let's just pick one school and do both at one school. Because I I see that sometimes, you know, churches can get spread too thin because there are a lot of really great ideas out there, but you you don't want to be in too many places at one time versus more consolidating your efforts. So you can really make a bigger impact uh, where you're serving.
1: I like that to be focused and strategic. Um, is it hard when two people are passionate about two different things, or how do you
0: <laughs> how do yes. you hold that conversation? <laughs> yes, it can be difficult, uh, you know, especially because you know, school A's you know the person's daughter is the principal there, and school B, it's uh, you know someone's grandson goes to that school, and so they both feel very passionate about why they should serve in that school. So no, it, it does require some negotiation and and prayer and grace to uh, decide how how to do that. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I could see that. Um, But I really do appreciate that you guys are intentional, that even though you are a big church and you could potentially do a lot of things, that whole warning of not spreading yourself too thin is— Appropriate there in a large church, but then also, especially, a small church. So, being able to have that conversation of how we can be focused and strategic is important, no matter how big or small a church. Um, And I like what you were saying earlier about how it's important to have like a business plan to make sure that you're thinking through all of the things ahead of time before you start something to make sure that the program or the partnership or the volunteer activity is going to be successful. That's definitely something that we encourage our churches to think about from the very beginning is to really think through it and have a plan Uh, Because you're right, like a lot of volunteers, they're doing something because they have a heart or a passion for something. But without that plan behind it, it could just fizzle out really quickly. Um,
0: And the other part about the plan is making sure that it's not your plan, that the school, that the principal, actually that's what that person wants to happen at their school, because I, I've seen that also where you have a volunteer and they'll have these the great idea and want to do all this and they haven't run it by the school at all. And that isn't what the school wants to do. That isn't the focus that they want to have. So that's the other part is that you, you really have to follow back up and make sure you know, what you want to do at that school is what the school wants to happen. Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, we encourage our churches that the schools are the experts. We're coming in alongside them to help. Um, And so I'm curious for y'all, since several of your programs have been around for 20-plus years, do you guys check in with your schools regularly to see, hey, are are we still making a difference are we still doing what y'all want us to do yes and every adjust? summer
0: we meet with the the principals of the various schools uh and kind of go over the program what we think work working well what's not working well and how we can make changes so uh, this year we started a brand new program at spring branch elementary with uh volunteer tutors uh, in second grade and uh, So I was on a committee with the district that two years ago we realized that we really wanted to have more training for our volunteer tutors. They were asking for it, and really thought that trying to come up with some sort of district-wide program that anyone could buy into would be a great idea. So. This uh, fall, we launched it at Spring Branch Elementary with the district doing the training for, I have 35 tutors uh, wow. doing this. A, a number of them have been tutoring at Spring Branch for a number of years, uh, but a lot of them are new. And one of the reasons that they came on board is because they love the fact that they were going to be trained uh, and on how to help with reading with second graders. And so it's been a very exciting program. And so you know, we just had a check-in this week with the district and the school and myself to make sure that this program is working correctly so i've been really involved with this uh because you know just kicking it off the ground but then hopefully once it's really running you know really turning the over to the lay leader to the volunteers to continue to work this program and so we're really the pilot of this and then we'll be able to roll this out to other groups that want to tutor at other schools so that's you know communication between the different um, groups is really important Uh, spring branch isd is starting something that's really great is that they started at panda path the pre-k center that we're at is that they convene all of the partners that are Uh, volunteering at that school together once a year for a meeting uh, with that uh, director of that school. And so, and Marilyn, you were actually there, but (laughs) so you know what I'm talking about, but, but it was great because I, you know, there was like 10 different organizations in that room with a representative that we all could talk to the director about what her needs were and what was happening in the school. And she was able to show Uh, her statistics of how much improvement there had been in the reading and math levels of these three and four-year-olds that were at that school so it was it was very exciting and I can see that uh, you know as we add other schools that that is just going to be a great way to really help the principal of the school check in with everyone in one place at one time so uh, I thought that was really successful as well.
1: Yeah, I really liked that whole model of bringing all of the community partners together so that you all know what you're all doing. You all know what all of the different needs and opportunities are. And that way you're not um, reinventing the wheel or doubling up efforts where you could just work together. Um, And I know one thing that um, Abby from Spring Branch ISD told me about was how you partnered with all of the different food organizations, including the Houston Food Bank, to get yes. food to more people. So can you share more about sure. that Sure. So
0: um, our group has been called Blessings in a Backpack. And that group of uh, volunteers each week put together weekend food bags and then delivered it to about 700 kids in Spring Branch ISD. And, and that's it, just
1: from Tupplewood or...
0: Yes, just from Chapelwood. Wow. yes <laughs> uh, we did we do have volunteers from like NCL and ACL, but the the ladies that are basically running that organization um, a, as we added um Tallywood is actually involved uh, with us as well, so so to get to this seven hundred and meanwhile, you know, we were getting more of our food from Houston Food Bank that. They were explaining to us that they have this Backpack Buddies program. Well, a lot of the schools weren't doing Backpack Buddies because it's a federal uh, government program, so you have to fill out a lot of paperwork. And so your counselors at the school are really trying to counsel children and not be doing a ton of paperwork. So they really found this to be onerous and weren't doing it. So our volunteers were actually able to go in and help do all the paperwork for the counselors. And so then by doing that, we actually got this food for free that we were having to spend time fundraising to buy the food and buy the food that now we were able to to help with this paperwork and then deliver the food to the individual schools and then help to get them to the actual classroom. Because, you know, obviously, you know, like if you have 250 kids getting weekend food bags at Spring Branch Elementary, you're having to walk down all the different hallways and put that food outside the different classrooms for that teacher. It takes time. So by having volunteers be able to do that. So we were at the that one meeting that had everyone that does weekend food, the district had called together And it turned out that who was supplying food at Panda Path was no longer going to be doing that. And so then we we started to look at Panda Path is actually one of our schools that we support. And so looking at our our, uh, Backpack Buddies program is like, okay, can we add 35 more weekend bags that we could actually support in an additional school? And so by having those convening meetings between The weekend food pantries and then the panda path with all the volunteers together uh, we were able to go ahead and get this program up and running and so they should be starting in the next week or so um, getting these food bags That's awesome.
1: So it was valuable for the district to bring together everybody who was providing food somehow, and then y'all were able to find that the group that was originally serving at Panda Path, y'all were able to fill in because that group was no longer. Yes, and
0: that's, you know, we can't sing the praises enough about Spring Branch ISD. Uh, It's just a fabulous school district that, you know, I'm so glad I raised my three children in this school district, and, you know, working with them, you know, On a regular basis, uh, we have just been able to help so many kids uh, in the district.
1: That's awesome. And then partnering with Houston Food Bank, you guys were able to, instead of you guys clipping coupons and trying to find food and buy food, you were able to get food from Houston Food Bank, right? And then your volunteers, instead of doing all that coupon clipping and buying food, You switched to doing paperwork instead, so that Houston Food Bank could get the cheap food or or the less expensive food to more kids.
0: Yes, right. Yes, it's been a great partnership with Houston Food Bank.
1: That's awesome. And so originally you said you were serving 700 kids' food. Do you know what? But I mean, we're
0: basically serving about 700. I mean, now add these 35, but yeah, got it. I see. That's basically what we're doing this year.
1: Got it. But instead of you guys having to put out the money, then Houston. Food bank is just providing the food. Yes, that's awesome. That's great. I mean, that way everyone's kind of serving in their serving in their
0: lane. Yes, and they, yeah. And that's that's the one thing about Chapelwood is that you we have always tried as a church to kind of stay in our lane. So you know we've never had a resale shop or a food pantry you know, we've let memorial assistance ministries and east spring branch you know, food pantry and fairhaven food pantry you know, that they have always been able to provide for the families that that if there's someone else doing it and doing it well then we're just going to partner with them and we're going to tell people if this is what you want to do, then go volunteer there because, you know, that's going to be a great fit for you You because not everyone wants to work with kids. So that's why I say, you know, we have to have other volunteer opportunities out there as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I like that, um, that you're collaborating with other organizations. Because I mean, even as you're getting to know the kids, if you're in a tutoring relationship, and then you realize that they need food, um, then you know that you need to partner with like the Houston Food Bank to make sure that they're getting food. Um, But as you get to know the families, as each volunteer gets to know the people that they're volunteering with, you see other opportunities that you can then reach out to. Memorial Assistance Ministries or wherever to find the resources that that family needs. So I appreciate that you guys and then also that Spring Branch ISD is doing that, getting all of the partners together to work together in a collaborative system um, versus just in silos by yourself. That's yes, really cool. definitely. It's been great. I was thinking earlier, you mentioned that you got 35 new tutors to start with this new spring ranch elementary program which is amazing um how do y'all because you have so many different partnerships how do you get the word out about volunteer opportunities and how do you make sure that one volunteer opportunity i don't want to say poaching but like how do you make sure that that different people are volunteering for different things and that you aren't your ministries aren't competing with each other i guess
0: We have a number of volunteers that are involved with multiple of these different ministries. We have the SWAP mentors or also collegiate challenge mentors, which might also be a tutor. Uh, So there there definitely is uh, volunteers that are doing multiple uh, different roles as far as that goes. Um, The 35, I, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised i but i i I really advertised it as you know this is going to be one hour a week that you know our goal is to get everyone reading on grade level by the time they get to third grade, and the you know the district is going to train you on this. And you know, publish what those hours were that people were going to volunteer, so they could look it up and say, okay, the, I I can do this from Tuesday from nine to ten, or you know, Wednesday one to two, whatever whatever those schedule that I put out there, that it just spoke to people that uh, have never uh, volunteered in the program before. To come and give an hour a week. Uh, so yeah, I had a lot of uh, church members that had not done it before, and it would stop me in the hall and say, I am going to do that. So I just think it just spoke to people, uh, but it was re- but it was so specific that, that they just felt like they could just grab onto it and understand what it was.
1: So it's really cool that you kind of led with the impact that they're going to have, as well as the exact amount of time that it was going to re- require for them. Yes. So it was a very clear you're going to have this impact if you spend one hour a week with a student. That's that's really smart. Um, And then I really like the idea of the district providing
0: the training. How did you coordinate that with the District. So the district rewrote a manual. It's kind of funny. Twenty years ago, when I actually used this manual when I tutored at Spring Branch twenty years ago <laughs> cool. through, through Chapelwood, so I, I I have have been there doing this for a lot of years. And so they revamped this program that that this manual that had been written all the years ago. The uh, current reading specialist uh, Joyce it came in and just rewrote what needed to be rewritten, and then added a lot of prompts at the back kind of questions that once the book was finished that you that the child read for the tutor to ask back to the student about the book and so just giving these different prompts of how to have a conversation to kind of you know test the the child's comprehension i just think it just gave these tutors just so much comfort in uh in what they were doing uh with this and so it, it, it worked out great with the district actually looking at what they already had and putting in the best practices and the way that reading is being taught today uh, to be able to help these students and so it you know so then they just we just had one training session that almost everyone was able to go to you know at the district office you know and it was just two hours long we had a second session at the school where we really taught about safety procedures and how to pick up the kids and just all that kind of nuts and bolts that you have to cover with someone that's never been in the school you know we gave a tour of the school because so many of the uh, tutors had never been in the school so they kind of needed to know you know from the front office how to find the second grade classrooms and then how to find the library which is where we tutor the kids so uh, that was all you know part of that training that that we did that we got their support of the school and the the district to do and i think that that the tutors themselves understand that they are kind of part of something bigger by this pilot program and what we can be successful with and one of the other things we are is we're really transparent with these tutors as far as showing them exactly what level the child is reading at now so uh, and i and from the beginning i thought this was really important that i asked the district if we could do this that they could see okay this is what the child child is reading at this is where they're supposed to be reading at. You know, okay, this is where they're growing. And they can. so they have this chart of where they're supposed to be each quarter of second grade and third grade, et cetera, so they'll, they can see how far behind this child is and then how they're growing uh, throughout the year. So I think the tutors really like to have that feedback. They really like to be able to see that who they're working with is growing, that the program is working. That um, is a great idea to do that kind of very specific
1: measurement from the very beginning, knowing where what level they're at, and then at the end of the year you can see the progress. That's a, yeah, that's such a great idea.
0: Frankly, and that goes back to the original business plan where I was talking earlier, that when people have come in with an idea of, of something that they want to do in a school, that's one of the things that I always like. Can we pretest? Can we know where we're starting at? because we really wanna have kind of the backing that, oh, look, we did this program for a year, and look, this is the success we had during this year, so yes, we want to do this program again, And, gosh, if we could add this other component, because look how successful this was, because this is how much the kids grew in whatever it might be, whatever subject, whatever kind of project. And so uh, I don't like to just, like, throw money at something if you can't know what your starting point was and to see if if there's not really measurable success. I mean, it's always great to have the feel-good stories, but I think it's important to have that measurable success that you can prove your impact that you've had. That is great. Um,
1: Yeah, that's something that we definitely try to encourage churches to do. Like don't just volunteer to volunteer, but make sure that you are meeting a need or a goal that the school has um, and be intentional about that. But I'm curious, what are some of the measurable things that you all track or think about doing at Shufflewood? So like, for example, for this program, I mean, the reading level at the beginning and the end of the year, that's great are there other things it, it, it is difficult
0: there because of the confidentiality mm, uh, you know mm-hmm. and so you know for example with this the kids that are in part of this program the parents did sign permission slips um, before they became part of this program that their their reading level would be shared uh with with others so it, it is very difficult to to be able to get that measurable uh statistic and so that it, it can get frustrating at times because of of trying to get that. At the collegiate challenge level, it's really you know all the different schools that the kids got into, how much uh, financial aid and scholarships the students got, and that sort of thing. But it, that is one of the big challenges, I have to say. And you know, being involved in it for a number of years is always the question to ask and push on is how can we measure it? How, how can we see that improvement? And But at the same time, it is a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but I appreciate you bringing it up because I feel like having this conversation over and over again with the people that it matters, like the school district or the schools or the churches, um, at least we can be having this conversation so we can be together figuring out what it is we need to track and then putting the systems in place that are necessary to be able to track it more easily. So it's good that we're bringing this up and hopefully as we continue talking more, whether through our leader luncheons or wherever, we'll, we'll be able to think of some good ways to do that. Um, and I do really like going back to the collegiate challenge. I love that y'all um, saw that need for students not knowing how to apply for financial support or scholarships or things like that because, I mean, I've read so many articles that, especially for first-generation college students, that that's something that prevents them from going to college. Even though they've gotten in, they've gotten into a great school, they just decide not to go because they don't know how they can afford it or they feel like they need to work instead for their families, so that's you know, And now
0: you read all the time about this loan crisis, the student loan crisis, and so I think that our uh, mentors in this program realize even more so now why all these scholarships are so important, that to try to get the student into college with hardly any loans because you know obviously when the schools send out their financial aid packages you know one of the things they show is loans and the kids just don't quite get that they're like oh look i don't have to pay anything Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah so uh now that we're being aware of you know some of these uh college graduates that the the debt load that they have Uh, on them is just so tremendous so that's another option that we have with collegiate challenge is to really you know you, you got into both these two great schools but look this school is showing that you have to pay five thousand dollars in loan back at some point in the future this one you know it's a work study and you will not have to pay that back once you graduate so you know trying to when they're looking at their different offers to kind of you know counsel them on that because that's something that kids aren't aware of
1: yeah that is great i also wanted to hear more about your after school program i remember stopping by Chapelwood woods one time and i think you had just done something or you had just started something new with your after school program and you were really excited about it i know it was like last year or a couple mm-hmm. years ago um but can you just share more about the after
0: school well, program? So, um the, the branch enrichment program it has been going on for nine years, and I guess um, back to the collaboration. I have uh, really been uh, working with both uh, Cornerstone Family Ministries and Spring Spirit on really trying to do more, you know, together. That I really feel that you know we're all uh, working in the Spring Branch area, and that you. Know, I go back to that kind of everybody's in their own lane uh, that we could do so much more together that there's so many different uh, pieces of what what we're all doing uh, to support that area you know that we're with these kids from the time they're three four years old all the way through the time you know that they graduate from high school and uh, you know, really, kind of keep track of them and uh, making sure that they succeed in life, that they do have a plan after they graduate from high school. You know, you know Spring Branch ISD has the you know T two four technical two year four year military program that everyone should have a plan after high school of what they're going to do.
1: So, are all your schools are they all part of one feeder pattern? No. Okay.
0: And it, but the part of the problem is. Well, this comes back to, first of all, different people having different ideas at different schools. So they have got created because so-and-so knew so-and-so at this school. Check. And uh, the feeder patterns in Spring Branch, they come together and go apart. So, like, kids go for, to one middle school, but then they go to different high schools. So there is not a really clear feeder pattern for, for kids. So, no, it, I, I would love to have one whole feeder pattern but it you know, Spring Branch Elementary is you know as I say we've been helping them for 20 years but they do not those students do not go to Northbrook High School so we we just uh, just doesn't work but I would I would Definitely say anyone that is starting out, please try to stay in a feeder pattern because then you can watch those, those can be your kids, and you can see those kids from the time they start all the way through. But that is not what happened with us, so don't follow us in that example.
1: Got it, cool, thanks for that tip. (laughs) Let's see, is there anything else that I missed that y'all are doing that we want to talk about, or any other tips?
0: No, but I did want to tell you about my podcast. Sure, yes. so have a, a, a new position on staff, Associate Director of Serving ministers, Ministries, and Evan Nearing has... Uh, been in this role since june and he started a podcast and it's called uh, your why and so you can find this by looking up on spotify or itunes uh, chapelwood your why and it's a podcast that seeks to help the listener find their passions and purpose in life their why so we have uh, different ministry partners and church members uh, coming in and talking about um why they volunteer or why their organizations are operating the way they do. And uh, then we are just challenging our listeners to find their why. So uh, go out and find it. We um, will have eight episodes completed this fall. We have six so far that have been published.
1: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Suzanne. Yeah, I'm so grateful for you and for your leadership at Chapelwood. I'm just so shocked that you've only been there for three years because I feel like – We've talked so much about all of the amazing things that you've done at Chapelwood um, over the past several years, and I think every time I run into you or you come to one of our workshops or I see you at Chapelwood, there's always some new cool story or um, program or amazing initiative that has just happened, so... Thank you so much for your leadership and how you're really um, galvanizing and mobilizing volunteers at Chapelwood. And then the way you partner so well with other organizations and with the district, I think that's such a beautiful model to follow. So thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you. I've enjoyed this.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more from other leaders like Suzanne, join us at our next Leaders Luncheon. Find more information at lovinghouston.net slash workshops. We hope you'll join us next week. But until then, we ask that you would subscribe, pass this on, or think about who else you can partner with.